0: Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. What are we doing this morning? You guys wake up this morning, you're ready to go, ready to hear the word of God. We've already had an incredible service, um, and I'm just super privileged and honored that uh, Pastor Kyle would ask me to speak this morning and bring the word. Um, but before we do that, I just want to introduce myself because. Maybe we haven't been, you know. I've been here, uh, what, how long have we been here? Two, almost two months, almost two months now. Uh, but my name is Trevor. I'm the youth pastor here at TLC. I get the awesome, amazing privilege to hang out with some of this crew over here. Sometimes it gets wild. You never know what's gonna go on, but I love what God has called me and allowed me to do to be able to uh, pour into 6th through 12th graders and even some college students as well. Um, if you have a student that is in 6th through 12th grade, you know a student that's in 6th through 12th grade they're going into 6th grade, um, we would love for them to come and be a part of TLC Youth on Wednesday nights. Um, God is doing some awesome stuff. We just got back from camp. You guys are going to hear some awesome um, testimonies from camp about what God is doing. But Wednesday nights are incredible, and I'm telling you, if your kids are not coming on Wednesday nights to whatever we have going on, they are missing out because God is doing some awesome things on Wednesday night. And what better place to be than at church, hanging out with your friends, enjoying community, and getting the word of God poured into you and also into your kids at the same time. That's such an awesome opportunity that we have for students and kids on Wednesday night. Before I get into the message this morning, I wanted to kind of show off my family a little bit. Maybe you guys haven't uh, fully met us. Maybe you've seen us around. You're wondering who's who, who are those people. But this first picture is me and my wife, Haley. She's right here on the front row. She is my better half. She keeps me in line. She keeps me in check. She lets me know what's going on, right? She, she's there. She's awesome. She's amazing. I love her so much. We um, In November, we'll be married for three years, right? Did I get that correct? Okay. I, mean, I forgot Man, we'll, we'll wait a couple years later to see see you later. I'm still on track. But the the next one, uh, the next picture is a picture of my dogs. All right? These are my two dogs. These are our our kids right now. Hey, we're our kids, but these are our kids. The the one in the front that's taking up all the space, uh, he's the young guy. He just turned one last week. All right? His name is Remy. He is a golden retriever, a red golden retriever. He is a very expensive dog. Alright, so if you're looking at buying a dog, I'm telling you right now, if you get a purebred dog, just don't do it. Alright, they're just really expensive, but he is awesome, he's amazing. And then my boy in the back, that is Ace, we adopted him, he's a black lab mix. We don't know what he's mixed mix, we just say he's a lab so people don't freak out, you know, people love labs. So those are our babies, those are my boys, and they are wild and crazy. So if you, if you have dogs, you understand, right, you understand, wave at me wild, but if you have more than one dog, man, there's something wrong with you, and I guess there's something wrong with me, because I I was like, one dog, we're good, he's doing all right, and then another dog comes into the mix, and it's like, your life is just crazy, so much hair everywhere, and it's just wild, but we love them, I love my little family, I love what God um, has blessed me with. So this morning, I'm wrapping up a uh, two-week series that Pastor Kyle started last week, um, on the book of Jude. How many of you guys have ever read the book of Jude? It's a quiz. You ever read the book of Jude? I'm not going to ask you any questions about it. We won't go into that. But hey, if you haven't read the book of Jude, let me tell you that it's not going to take you very long. All right? It's only one chapter. Um, and there is a lot to unpack in one chapter, right? I feel like have could have probably just gone so in depth with. Uh, even more than what he did last week And I feel like even this week There was things that I was like God, man, I really want to put that in there But you know, do I have time? What is this? So if you have time um, And you're, you're reading through the Bible You're finding uh, a book of the Bible to read Jude is a good place to go um, It's got a lot of encouragement It's got a lot of uh, just steps and promises for you um, A lot of stuff in there So before I get into the bulk of the word this morning Let me ask you this question all right, this is a pretty bold question, all right, but I need you to be honest this morning, all right, with me. You can wave at me, you can raise your hand. Uh, but how many of you have ever been lied to? I'll raise my hand. All right, how many of you ever been lied to? All right, that's quite a few people. Let me ask you this: How many of you, and this one's a little harder to answer sometimes, all right? But let's be honest this morning. All right, I'll be honest with you if you're honest with me. All right, how many of you have lied to someone or about something? There were a lot of hands that went up. I was surprised. I was thinking people were going like, to do the little stretch thing going on or something, right? Well, I remember when I was growing up, and for me, I, I grew up in a, a strong Christian home. And my parents are here this morning. Shout out mom and dad. Love you guys. All right. Rock on. All right. I love mom and dad. And, and we grew up in a, in a strong Christian home. but It was a fun home. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed our time together, but growing up in a Christian home uh, for me, and going up to church on a regular basis—sometimes more than I wanted to, right? Sometimes we were there. Times where I was like, "Why are we even here? Church isn't even open, but we're here. Like, what's going on?" But for me, I felt like growing up uh, and and getting that that uh, that firm foundation of the Word of God and going to Sunday school and learning what was right and wrong, I feel like lying was like one of those big, like, no-no's, right? Those Sunday school no-no's, like, don't do this, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, you know, the Ten Commandments, and then these are things that you have to do, right? Stuff that we learned. But I feel like lying was one of those, uh, those big Sunday school no-no's that I learned about and was talked about a lot. But I feel like some of the best lies I could come up with were always when I was younger, like, I feel like, you know, mom and dad would come in and they'd be like, what's going on? And I'd be like, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? This person did that, or this person did that, or, or this is going on, you know? I don't really know what's happening, or it wasn't me, right? But we've all been there, right? Our parents are coming in, or our grandparents are coming in if you go to their house, right? many to you guys' grandparents in here, wave at me. Ooh, you love your great kids, right? But they can be a pain sometimes, still, you know? But they come over and, and they're getting into something and, you hear something crash or you hear something going on and you walk in the room or they're arguing, something's going on, you walk in the room and you're like, all right, tell me the truth. What happened? All right? and, but and, and anyone ever been there before? Like your parents come in and they're like right over here. All right, tell me the truth. What's going on? Kindle, why, why are you messing with your siblings? Like what's going on? You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry to call you out. I just, you were right there. I just saw you. Like, all right. So, but it's our human nature to lie. Right? It's an earthly desire to lie. And honestly, the reason we may lie often is because of who we are surrounded by. Who we surround ourselves with. What we surround ourselves with. But I've come to realize that as I've grown older, that we may hear lies a lot. And we may be drawn to lie. But people desire the truth. We desire the truth. No matter how much we may not talk about it, no matter how much we may not bring it up, we desire the truth, and every week I see a generation, and I hear of a generation that that just once they hear the truth, they want to be talked to in a way that they're going to feel a realness, they're going to feel a connection, and they can't get that, people can't get that if all they hear is lies, all they see is deception, all they see is brokenness, I see a world who is tired of hearing lies and just needs the truth. So the thing I want to focus on this morning is the truth of God's word. We live in a world that has denied over and over and over again the legitimacy of the word of God, right? We see for a long time there, there's people that are starting to put a lid on our faith and a lid on the word of God. They're, they're arguing over and over again. It, that's not how it works. It didn't come from that. That's not true, right? And we, we begin to see the world put our faith and the word of God in a box. And for you, a box may be helpful, right? It may be a source of organization. It may be a place where you can put things so you don't forget about them. But for me, when I think about a box sometimes, right, we, we get in this mode of moving, and maybe we get moved, and we get into our house, and we open the garage, and we start to unload boxes, and some stuff goes directly in the house. But some stuff stays in the garage, right? And we may not look at it for years, or it may be for Christmas, or it may be for this holiday, right? Or it may be something that we need to put away because it's, it's old and we don't want don't to lose it. But for me, when I think about a box, and I think about when our faith is put in a box, right? We, we, we get that box and we put it up, and rather than using it for good, we begin to forget what was inside We begin to forget why we had it in the first place. So this is our focus this morning. In order to contend for our faith, in order to fight for our faith, we need to fight for truth. We need to fight for truth. Last week, Pastor Kyle shared a powerful word. Shared a powerful word. I believe some of us in this room, we felt freedom. We felt chains fall off. But this morning, I pray that God would instill something new in your heart and in your mind. So let's lean in this morning. I try to tell the students this, that hey, if I encourage you with anything, it's every time you hear a word, every time someone's speaking to you and pouring into your life, lean in, focus. Because I promise you, if you walk out of that word, if you walk out of that conversation and you weren't leaned in, you're not gonna remember anything that happened. You're not gonna remember what God wanted to speak to you. So this morning, lean in, let your minds and your hearts be focused to receive from God this morning. So this morning I'll be reading from Jude chapter 1. If you want to uh, turn to there, it's only chapter in Jude. But we're going to be reading the second half, which is 17 through 25. I'll give you a second to be able to get there and turn it in your Bibles. Hey, if you've got your Bible this morning, wave it at me. Some, most of you guys got your phones. That's okay. That's all right. Phones work, you know. But how many of you guys got your physical Bibles this morning? I don't have my physical Bible this morning. I'm sorry. It's all it's all written down in front of me. But I, I I love using the physical Bible. I believe it's important to keep the Word of God just super close to your heart. Um, and, and this morning as we read, uh, let me just encourage you to lean in and focus because God has something for you this morning. So we're starting in verse 17. It says this, But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the last times, there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in the most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. I want to stop right there. Let's focus in on these few verses. We see that Jude has a concern for his brothers and sisters, right? He, he reminds them that they should not be surprised that there's some false teachers that will come, right? And, and, and then uh, they were forewarned that also those false teachers would come and distort the word of God. They would come and they would take the word of God. They would take what they were reading and what they were living their life on and they would begin to twist it. So that people would feel uh, like they can't understand, like they can't be focused on the word of God. And we see that God is trying to prepare their hearts for what they will face in this passage. We will always face opposition opposition against our faith. We will always face opposition against our faith. And it's clear in God's word that people would distort the word of God and try to corrupt us in the process And listen, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves falling into the temptation of believing the lies. We will find ourselves falling right in. Jude's warning isn't just a warning for those who he was speaking to in those times. I believe we are seeing even more false teaching, even more opposition against our faith right now in the times we are in. We often will feel tempted to listen and even indulge in what we are seeing and hearing. We see it all the time. We see, it. and if you're like me, I, I, I'm, I get curiosity sometimes and it pops up in my mind. Maybe I'm watching the news. and. And something comes up, and I'm like, oh, i gotta, I got to lean into this. What, what, is, what is this saying? What's going on? Or, or I may go through social media, and I scroll through, and I stop at a video that looks interesting. And I just get so caught up in that, right? Some of us get in that mindset where we're just so focused on what's going on around us that we don't stop to understand, is this true? Is this good for me? Is this going to pour into my life? And am I going to get something out of this that can help me grow me? Or is anyone else like that? You just get in that mode of curiosity where it's like, like, what is that? What is going on in this situation? What's going on in the world around me? We get so caught up in that that we don't have our focus where it needs to be. In order to keep our faith set on the truth, we have to keep our focus on the real truth. We look at verse 19 where it says, these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. Right? We see it every day. We live in a world that tries to take our focus away from the truth of God's word. We see divisions among people in this country. We see violence and destruction. And it's all because of words being said to try to corrupt our thoughts. And it's because of lies being placed in our minds by the enemy. Church, we don't need the truth the world tries to give. We need Godly. Truth. Let me say that again. We don't need the truth. You don't need the truth. The world gives you need godly truth And Where is that found? It's only found in the word of God It's not found when I'm scrolling through Facebook. It's not found when I'm watching the news Right, it's great to be informed about things that are going on. We all love that But I don't know about you I, I would rather be so focused On the truth of God's word that when something hits me, I'm not shaken. when something happens in my neighborhood. I'm not broken. I'm not afraid. I'm not scared because I am standing on the truth of God's word. Let that be your focus this morning. God is looking for his people who will stand firm on his word and not waver. We are called to truth, not to deception. We're called to truth. We're called to truth and not deception. So how do we fight for the truth in our own lives? You may be asking yourself that question. You may be in this mode of of, 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 of feeling like the world is just bearing down on you or, or things are rough or you don't know where to look or you're hearing voices from everywhere. So how do we fight for the truth? How do we drown out the noise of the world and focus on the truth? Verse 20 and 21 instructs us on how to contend for our faith and fight for the truth. And it says this, it says, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves in God's love. We must build our lives on a solid foundation. We must. Jude declares that the foundation That we build our lives on is our most holy faith. There it is, right there. The faith that we have is the foundation for our relationship, our walk with Christ. This comes from the message and the way that Jesus lived his life, right? He died for our sins, He died so that we could have a faith that says, I'm going to believe, I'm going to focus, I'm going to keep moving, I'm going to keep going. Right? God went to the cross and he bore the shame, he bore the brokenness that we have so that we can live a life of faith. We not only need the gospel in our lives, but we need the good news of Jesus. Right, We need the good news of Jesus. We need to keep that the center of what we do. That is what we build our foundation on. The truth is God's word, and when we build our lives on that foundation, we will continue to have an unwavering faith. We've all heard the verse in Matthew seven twenty four. 24, um, and actually when I was a kid's pastor, I used to be a kid's pastor before I was a youth pastor, right, so I was opposite from Steve Oaks, I don't know who, you know, who prayed more, who got more uh, voice from God from that one, but hey, the, the, there's a song that, that I uh, taught our kids, and it was Matthew seven twenty four. it's like, therefore everyone who uses words of mine puts them into practice, you know, the man built his house on the rock and when the, the storm came, his rock was solid and his house stayed. But when he when he built his house on the sand, the storm came and it was washed away, right? We all know that verse. It, it, it's a Sunday school verse that we've learned, or maybe our parents have said it before, maybe you know the song, I'm not gonna sing the whole thing, you know, that would be kind of embarrassing. But, you know, maybe maybe you know, if I had it behind me, if I had the words, I'd go everywhere, I'd get some help up here too. So you know we all know that words in and, and, and that verse and, and, and that verse, is a daily discipline we must live on. Every day we have to make the decision to stand firm on the solid foundation of God's Word. If we don't, we will fall over and over again. I can't tell you how many times, man, in my walk with Christ, going through school or in, in a relationship or something that was going on, and, and I begin to get away from the Word of God. And I saw over and over again friendships be broken. I saw over and over again my life be hurt in many ways and brokenness come to me and hurt and pain and temptation come to me. Why? Because I began to step away from the truth and I began to believe the lies that were being told to me. The struggle for many of us is that the daily discipline of getting into the word is not there. The daily discipline of reading the truth is not there. So why do we believe the lies? Because we don't read the truth. We don't get into the word of God. I love how Tim Keller explains the need to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. He explains the need to get into the gospel and the word of God daily. He says this, the angels never get tired of looking into the gospel. This means that there is no end to gospel exploration. There are depths... And the word of God that are always there to be discovered and applied, not only to our ministry in daily Christian life, but above all to the worship of God, the gospel, with renewed vision and humility. The underlying conviction in my preaching, pastoring, and writing is that the gospel, this eternally fascinating message created by the angels, can change a heart, a community, and the world when it is recovered and applied. It is one thing to understand the gospel, but it is quite another to experience the gospel in such a way that it fundamentally changes us and becomes the source of our identity and security. It is one thing to grasp the essence of the gospel, but it's quite another to think out its implications for all of life. We all struggle to explore the mysteries of the gospel on a regular basis, but we should strive to immerse ourselves in it and allow its message To influence our life daily What a powerful way What a powerful way to lay out How we should live our lives The things that we should do The discipline of getting into the word of God daily The power, the truth of God's word has Is unimaginable And if you're like me When I hear the truth about something It leaves me wanting more right? It leaves me wanting to know more And go deeper That's why God's word is so powerful. And more than ever before, we need a daily dose of the truth in our lives, right? It's what comforts us. It's what shapes us. It's what holds us in those times of need and brokenness. The word of God is what builds us up. It's what makes us whole. I love when... Pastor Steve was up here speaking He's talking about the wholeness of God right? And he's talking about how the family Needs to come back and be whole That God would make us whole But can I tell you That before you can start to see the wholeness In your life You must get into the truth And the word of God You must dive in You're lost without the word of God You're lost without a daily discipline Of being in God's word And learning and understanding What he has to say We should be hungry To dive into his word daily So once we have that Foundation I want to give you a few Things that we can do to Continue to keep that solid Foundation the first one is this We must engage in daily Prayer Jude tells us in verse 20 that we should Be praying in the Holy Spirit We are to pray in the Spirit As God directs us to Not by our own will Prayer is important. Prayer changes your circumstance. When we build that solid foundation of communication with our Father, right, we begin to see our lives be built on a solid foundation. We begin to wake up with joy in our hearts. We begin to see our families start to come back together and our communities start to come together and the brokenness start to be picked up and put back together. When we build a solid foundation of prayer. If we want to see change in our lives, then prayer has to be a priority. If we want to see a move of God like we have never seen before in our church, then prayer has to be a priority. Don't wait for a prayer service at church to start praying. Don't wait for your pastor to come up here and prompt you to pray before you start interceding. On your behalf and the people around you. Prayer is important. Prayer is a huge step in that solid foundation that we need. Don't wait for an altar call to start praying. Start your own daily routine of prayer. And look what God will do in your life, in your circumstance. Are you here me this morning? I love what Billy Graham said about prayer. He said this, he said, True prayer is a way of life. Not just for use in case of emergency. Make it a habit, and when the need arises, you will be in practice. I remember um, a, a few maybe weeks or so back, I had a friend that uh, had messaged me and said, Hey, we pray for me. We pray for this situation. I think it was a former student. Just said, Hey, we pray for me in this situation. And how many of you guys have? I've heard that before. Somebody's either called you or put it on Facebook and you see it and they're like, hey, I need you to pray. Or, or hey, community of friends, can you believe uh, for, for, with this situation for me? And how many of you guys have actually stopped and prayed, right? Sometimes, right? We can all say sometimes we have But if you're like me, sometimes you see that or you hear that and you say, yes, I'm going to pray. Um, and then you don't pray, right? And you just say you're going to. Right? When we're in a daily routine of prayer... Right? Even if someone comes to me and pray and, and asks for prayer, right? when we're in a daily routine of prayer, it's going to be easy to say, yes, I'm going to pray. And it's going to be easy to say, hey, I'm praying right now for you and actually start praying. Right? It's, it's a daily routine. And when our focus is on the truth, we will see circumstances become better. We will see brokenness start to come back together. We'll see our families start to become whole again. So be in prayer. If we make prayer a priority now, we will see the fruit of that prayer for life in years to come. Jude also urges followers to keep yourself in God's love. The passionate, unconditional love of God is not just a message for those far from God. It's not just a message for those that are broken now or those that have, have dealt with stuff in their past or are running from God. The word keep in Greek, when it says keep yourself in God's love, that word keep means to continue in a state of. So what does that mean? It means that followers of Jesus must remain continually in God's love. When we lose sight of the love of God, we will lose our ability to show the love of God to others. You are never too holy to live in God's love. You're never too Such strong in your relationship With God, you're never too too Into the word of God that you can not Receive the love of God That you need to just forget about the love of God Never lose sight of God's love One of the greatest things we can Receive and give Is God's love So keep yourself immersed in it Let it be a daily routine To wake up in the morning and say God, I receive your love God, I need your love this morning. Help me to show your love to someone else. God, I see someone struggling. Help me to be loved to them like your love to me. Don't find yourself so on fire for God that you forget his love. Keep it close. We need the love of God. This world needs to see the love of God in our lives. Right? The church is the solution for many things. But we get so holy and so caught up in our cycle and our relationship, this is our house, this is where I come to worship, this is my relationship with God, that we get so uh, stuck in a box, I guess you could say, that we forget that there's a world out there that's broken and hurting and needs a love. There's fatherlessness, There's, there's homelessness, there's people out there that are broken, there's people without food in their stomachs, there's people that have never heard the name of Jesus before. They've never seen a love before like God's love. And we are called to bring that to them. So never feel like you're too far from God's love. Never feel like you're too holy that you can't use God's love. The third thing is this. We build our lives on the foundation of the gospel as we wait on the Lord. As we wait on the Lord. We need to stay alert and eagerly wait on the Lord. Our faith is enhanced when we wait on the Lord. Our faith is enhanced when we wait on the Lord. Listen, those times of waiting can be the most beneficial times for our faith. It's funny how that works, right? We, we feel like sometimes if we're not going, 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 we're not getting into the word, we're not we're not doing our job, right, that, that we're not going to receive. We feel like we have to always be going, going, going to grow, right? We feel like we always have to be doing something new in order to grow. But can I encourage you that in those times of waiting, you receive growth. In those times of waiting, your faith begins to grow. We live our lives always wanting stuff. We always want it right away, right? We need this now. We can't wait for this to happen. But can I encourage you this morning that your blessing You've been asking for, or your breakthrough you're asking for, sometimes requires waiting. It sometimes requires waiting. And when you wait, your faith is enhanced. So don't be impatient, right? I get that sometimes. I'm impatient about something. I got to go now. I got to be a part of this now. I got to get there at this time, right? But when we're eager to receive right away, many times we feel ourselves broken, we feel ourselves hurting. Your season of waiting, let me tell you, could be a season of growth. Your season of waiting—maybe you're in that season right now. Maybe you're waiting on the Lord, God. What? What's next, God? What's going on? There's something going on in my life, God, Lord, that I want to receive something from you now. And maybe you're in that season, but that season of waiting could be a season of growth if you would just be obedient in the waiting. Worship team, you can make your way back up to the stage. Maybe you're here this morning and your faith has been a struggle lately. We've all struggled at times in our life and it's so easy to fall into temptations and lies in this world. Maybe you walked in this morning and you were feeling like you've lost some sense of what's next or where to look to. But let me encourage you this. Never let your faith be shaken by lies. You may feel weak, but we serve a God who is strong. You may feel broken, but we serve a God who puts things back together. Maybe you feel like the enemy's lies are so loud. But can I tell you we serve a God that is louder? We serve a God that his voice breaks through the chaos, the brokenness, the hurts. God is looking for believers who are focused on his truth. He's looking for a generation of believers who are sold out for him. I don't know about you, but I want to be that person. I want to strive every day to wake up and say, God, I'm going to wake up and stand firm on your truth. I know that I'm going to walk out that door and I'm going to walk into some stuff that's going to hurt me, that's going to break me, that's going to tear me down. But can I tell you, when you wake up in the morning and you start your day off with some truth of God's word, you're going to walk out and that stuff's not going to seem as hard. That stuff's not going to seem like it's going to tear you down as much. So maybe you walked in this morning and maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like you've been struggling and you need to find a sense of some truth in your life. Maybe you've been struggling to stand firm. On the truth that you've already been hearing Maybe you've heard some truth This this week Maybe someone spoke over your life Maybe what Pastor Steve said This morning was about you Maybe you're struggling Even right now But can I tell you That there's a God that loves you There's a God That gave his life so that you can live On the truth So that you can see something real For once in your life You've never seen something real before. Maybe you've never felt something real. Maybe even your relationship with God doesn't. Has-